BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. As promised, here's part two of Timmy's and my conversation with therapists and couple Vanessa Bennett and John Kim. If you missed part one, check it out from last week. It's really, really good. In this episode, you'll hear their thoughts on taking breaks from fights and confronting your partner about annoyances. Additionally, we discuss codependency, abandonment issues, personal accountability, and so much more. To recap a little bit about them, John is a licensed therapist and author whose journey started with divorce and healing from a broken heart. Through helping others, he found his voice and fell in love with talking about love. Vanessa is also a licensed therapist and author, and her goal is to make therapists feel accessible. To show that they are not above anyone else, you'll love their approaches. Together, they wrote a book titled, It's Not Me, It's You, Break the Blame Cycle, Relationship Better. In it, they analyze their relationship to help untangle the common and frustrating barriers many individuals face on the road to a happy, loving, rewarding partnership. When we started to go to couples therapy, it was it was right before COVID. Things were kind of getting intense with us. And we were fighting more often than not. And the therapist was really big on Timmy being able to take the breaks so that he could gather his emotions and his thoughts and not come from a place of anger. And so I'm curious to know your opinion on those breaks. Yeah. So for me, that's really difficult. I used to you're more the anxious. Yeah, right? I, what she's saying I was like, if you're taking a break, you're checking out, you're leaving the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. sit here. I know it's 2 a.m., but let's sit here and fix this and talk about this mm-hmm. until, you know, it, it's resolved. Let's do what it takes. Right. That's real love. Mm-hmm. I used to think that. But now not everyone is like me. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's really into taking breaks. Um, but the break. She had, but, but you have to come back. Right. You can't mm-hmm. like go to Florida or something. So right. The break <laughs> is. So one, there's the announcement. Hey, listen, I'm getting flooded. Let's can, can I take a break? Can I take a walk? Can I do whatever? And then let's finish this. So one, you know, so, so the person doesn't feel abandoned. And then the two, the return, you do have to come back because a lot of people can say, okay, let's take a break and then never return. And the issue is still there. Well, and I will say as the kind of more avoidant leaning person in the dynamic who does get flooded more easily 
and does need the breaks, right. To kind of be able to be in it and not Mm -hmm. be like totally checked out because I'm overwhelmed and I've just left my body at that point. Mm -hmm. It's really important to your point to announce it. Hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I'm feeling really flooded. I'm feeling really whatever. I need a break. I would actually alter your language slightly because it's not about asking permission because many times when we're both in an activated state, the person who leans more anxious is not going to give permission for the mm-hmm. person to take a break. Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, I need to take a break in mm-hmm. this moment. It's better for both of us. But what you need to do is follow up with a specific time frame of when you will return. Mm-hmm. That is very, very important okay. if you're in this kind of anxious avoidant dynamic. So I'm going to take a walk for 20 minutes and then I will check back in. And in 20 minutes, when I check back in, because I got to be accountable, I got to do that in 20 minutes. If I'm still feeling overwhelmed, it's okay to say, I you know what? I need an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in an hour, I will check back in. Right. And you kind of keep doing that until you feel like you're in a place where your kind of logical brain is back online and you can have, you're not, you're not totally overwhelmed with emotion. So for the more avoidant, it's about knowing yourself, checking in with yourself enough to say, bup, 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 need a break overwhelmed before you get to the place of like anger or like, you know, the F you start flying and things like that. So that's kind of your responsibility on top of give them a time frame, come back. Mm-hmm. And then on the avoided or on the more anxious side, it's really about listening and being like, okay, I I'm, I can give this to you. And then self-soothing when they walk out of the right, room, right. Because it's not their responsibility actually to say, it's okay. It's okay. I'm coming back. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not abandoning you. If they have said to you, I need this for myself and I'll be back in an hour. Now it's your responsibility to sit with the overwhelm and say, they've given me that whatever's coming up for me right now is now mine uh-huh. to kind of soothe through. I have to trust my partner enough to trust that they'll come back when they say they will. Right. You know, right. but also, you know, I was going to say, yes, you don't need permission, but hey, can we take a break is much gentler, That's definitely especially good. when people are fighting. Yeah. Then can we take a break? I'm going to leave. Well, I'm I'll be back in and out, like, like, you know, making those kind of like, but yeah, I think going in kind of gentle, compassionate, soft, not angry. Yeah, if you can. But if that's can. the thing. I mean, sometimes I don't think. Yeah. Growing up, I was the person like who would like gather my parents and 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 try and play therapist. And like, I was like, nobody's going to sleep until until like mm-hmm. I see that you guys love each other again, because like I can't yeah. sleep until that happens. And so it was ingrained in me that when we fought that we would stay up until six in the morning and talk about it. And it was just so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. How how old were you when you were doing that? Eight. As a kid? Yeah. Just from from as soon as it's as early as I can remember. When when you tell me that story, I feel compassion for an eight year old to have that responsibility responsibility to play referee. So I don't think about what your parents are going through. I think about what the eight-year-old is going through and the anxiety that he's having that he's got to repair. The weight he carries on his shoulder to, to have to repair this kind of yeah. thing. You know? Yeah. To, to grow up faster than he well, is. Well, and just kind of laying the groundwork for all that codependent behavior, which is like, if everybody else is not okay, I'm not okay, right? Which then mm-hmm. leads to a lifetime of like, everybody good? You good? You good? You good? Everybody good? Okay, let me make sure everybody else is good, right? I mean, that's what that's like priming you for mm-hmm. to the detriment of like, what's going on for me? Am I okay? Can I be okay? when everybody else isn't okay. How do I find that anchor in that storm? Which is, know? which is codependency. Yeah, that's like yeah. Yeah, I have a different thing where like my mom w- would have such high expectations of holidays or birthdays or whatever. And if it wasn't to her liking, then she would just leave and we wouldn't know when she would come back. Like holidays and birthdays were always the worst. So I think then when he would, would want to leave, 
that was then really triggering for me coming from my yeah, childhood. Was- yeah. But yeah. I think Timmy's dealing with a lot of that right now. Like his his dad passed away in October. You can speak for yourself, but I think you've done a lot of introspection on your childhood since then and like your sure. parents' relationship and how it affected you. And he finally got some validation from his sister recently that she too saw that her parents were struggling. And I think just the fact that he got that validation from her, I could feel him like, be able to take a deeper breath after that like you just wanted like someone. oh you're not crazy yeah exactly yeah like yeah right yeah. like i had been scapegoated yeah. as the problem because they didn't want to admit that they were the problem you know what i mean not that like i was a perfect kid or anything but like i did feel for a, a long time yeah like cr- crazy like is, is everyone not seeing what i'm seeing and, and so even though it, it, it was my instinct to talk things out with Whitney when we would fight, like going to therapy and having my therapist suggest taking a break really has helped me because like it's easy for me to go from zero to 100. And then if I take that break and I walk away and I get some time, even if I'm still thinking Whitney is in the wrong or whatever we were arguing about, it's really easier for me to remember like I love her and we're all flawed and whatever is the issue we're fighting about is not worth all this other anger and it's not with me anymore because I've just been on a walk and like we can I can let it go just I just need a little bit of time Mm -hmm. and I think you know you're you're afraid that I'm abandoning you or like I'm taking time to go like you know plan my escape but I'm not I'm just I just have to get away from myself. Yeah, I just take things so personally. That's my thing. Like anything that he has an issue with, like even if it is personal, I just take it as like an attack, like a a complete attack on my character. So I've had to really work on hearing criticisms. There are things that Whitney does that bother me, like little things. It wasn't until recently where I felt comfortable telling Whitney, like... Okay, sometimes I do this thing where if I'm making a joke, I'll turn everything into a song. Like now I'm opening the fridge and I'm making eggs and blah, blah, blah. And fathers a shit out of them. I do it all the time. (laughs) Right. Well, Whitney started copying me and doing the same thing. Yeah, subconsciously. But it it started driving me up the wall. And Mm. I was afraid to how I was going to tell her this, this thing that she was doing. Not on purpose, just like this little thing was driving me crazy. But if I told her I was scared, she was thinking I was condemning her entire character and all this shit. And so I'm getting better at it. But then it would get bigger in my head. And I would be like, oh, well, then like I should just be more reserved or I shouldn't be as playful or Or like like, I I can't be me. I can't be me. Like what? Even if I am copying him, like, why is that annoying? He must be annoyed about something else. It's just the understanding that there are small things about you, Whitney, that are going to bother me. But that doesn't that doesn't reflect how I feel about you overall. Like, and and I felt like I constantly had to reaffirm or reconvince her that I loved her all the time. Like nothing was enough. If it, her mother used to call her the 75 degree child. And if, if if it wasn't 75 degrees and sunny, if anything was wrong, it was like the sky was falling. And so I just mm-hmm. felt so much pressure every morning waking up that I have to like, reconvince her that I'm in love with her. And then the little things that are that are bothering me that if I just like raise my hand and was like, hey, could you stop, you know, like walking on your heels or whatever, like that it's like super loud that I, I couldn't I couldn't tell her that, you know, 
And I, I was afraid that these little things were going to get turned into much bigger things in her mind. They're just little no, things. they're just little things. And now because he I feel like I've accepted it better. I feel more comfortable telling him now because I would be like I said, if he told me something, I'd get insecure and sad. But if and if I told him something, I would feel like he would get angry and defensive. We were scared to like tell each other how we were really feeling about really small things. All right. And now a quick stop for ads. So. I'm a big traveler. I love traveling. And this week, I'm actually going to Austin for the Dear Media IRL Summit. I'm so excited. I hope to see some of you there. But do you guys like to travel? Do you want to avoid the stressors of getting where you need to be? Imagine checking in for your flight 20 minutes before takeoff and being right on time. That's the JSX experience. JSX stands for Joyful Simple Experience. Skip the long lines and airport hassles and save up to two hours on every trip when you fly JSX between crowd-free private terminals. A minimum of two bags, up to 50 pounds each, can be checked for free as part of every fare. Sit back and stretch out when flying on board 30-seat jets complete with business class legroom. Enjoy complimentary gourmet snacks, refreshments, cocktails, and Starlink Wi-Fi in flight. JSX was actually the global launch customer for this Wi-Fi. It's high speed and low latency. JSX is pet friendly, family friendly, and hassle free. It's the only air carrier too to be autism certified. JSX flies nationwide with crowd-free nonstop flights. Experience the ultimate travel hack with hop-on jet service JSX and discover your new favorite way to fly. Enjoy all the perks of private jet flying without the price tag and book by the seat on JSX.com. Experience travel redesigned and book JSX today at JSX.com. Visit JSX.com to book your flight today. So my evening routines can often change depending on what the night looks like as far as commitments go. My non-negotiable is a long evening shower wind down, turning on the rain shower, the steam, some music. It's everything. It's my favorite way to cleanse the day away. My new go-to shower products are from Tree Hut. So the creators of America's number one body scrub have just released new hydrating gel washes. They're amazing. Skin-quenching lather with a luxurious long-lasting scent. Their gel wash is infused with a fruit oil complex that delivers a heavy dose of hydration, leaving skin smooth and soft. All washes are formulated with their hydrating oil complex to plump skin with renewing antioxidants, brightening vitamin C, and nourishing rich fatty acids. Great for clearing your skin of dirt, oil, and grime while balancing its microbiome. That skin science influencing my product selection again. Complete your shower routine with Tree Hut, available at Target and Ulta. The Moroccan Rose Foaming Gel Wash is my favorite right now. It smells so good and it leaves my skin feeling fresh and glowy. Plus the smell. Ugh. Tree Hut describes it as a warm, romantic floral with keynotes of bergamot, tea rose, amber. Really, really delish. Other scents include Tropic Glow, Pineapple, and Cocoa Colada. I'm sure you will find numerous scents to fill your shower with. Shop Tree Hut now at Target and Ulta online and in-store. Okay, back to the chat. That got really heavy, as I'm sure you probably realize with a lot of your clients, like in COVID, when we were just on each other all the time. I think 
that was a low point in our mm-hmm. relationship where I feel like we were fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that also had to do with the environment and the outside stress. But my therapist was like, if you want to tell her something, like, t- like tell her, you like touch her, tell her in a really nice way and be like, and it feels almost kind of performative for me, but to be like, Whitney, like when you call Sunny Bebe, like it makes <laughs> my skin crawl. But I love you the most. And like, is, can she have, could, could she just be like, fuck you? Like, like I, yeah. I like, think I'm that would be a kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah, like, you I mean, deal look, with I it, but I just have to get I it I think there's like chest. a, A couple things at play here. First of all, I'm the person. It's like there's a lot of people in a dynamic, almost always one in the dynamic, which is like I always say it's it's like we've coupled together the like I've quote unquote done something bad with I am bad. Mm -hmm. Like it's and a lot of times that comes from having really critical parents growing up Mm -hmm. and parents were like there wasn't a lot of consistency like like the love felt conditional. If I act a certain way, I get the love. If I don't act the way that they want me to, the love gets taken away. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times you'll see that coupling of like, if I do something bad, that means I am bad. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work for people to get around that. Now, what you were saying about how your therapist said, approach her like that, that is something John actually did pretty early in our relationship without even actually realizing he did it. But it's like this way of being like, like kind of metaphorically, like stroking my hair, being like, you're not bad. I still love you, but we've got to be able to talk about this thing Mm -hmm. that really helped me remember like, oh, right. This is what grownups do. They have conflict. They have differences of opinion. I got to be able to sit with this. This isn't about me personally. Right. So there is a little bit of that. The second piece is a little bit of that. If it's like the annoyances stuff, you really have to start saying like, what is it worth it? Like, what is it worth to say this thing? Because at the end of the day, that's actually more about you than it is about her. Because it's actually really none of her business that you find it annoying that she walks on her heels. Like, that's kind of on you to like, you know what? Go take a walk. Like, you're annoyed about this, but that's not on her to fix. Mm -hmm. That's who she is. That's how she chews. That's what she calls the dog. That's what she says or whatever. And like, if you're finding annoyance in that, that actually, like if I was your therapist, I would say that's actually kind of your responsibility. That's not, she doesn't really need to hear about that stuff mm-hmm. because I think naturally anybody's going to take that kind of stuff personally. COVID obviously amplified mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. No human beings should be around each other that often ever, right? Even parents and kids should not be around each other that often. Mm-hmm. So all annoyances were turned up to like a level 1000. You said that the little things, the little things are actually big. You know, they're pebbles in people's shoes, right? I'm not saying they, that, that they need to be resolved. Like like the whole singing thing, right? Vanessa does that, yeah. you know? There's a jackhammer happening as we're doing our podcast, whatever. Which is- now, if I did that, it would probably bother her too. But that's her thing. She does this stuff. And I, she knows that it, I, I'm not a big fan of it, but... She's right in that if you're going to express that to, to your partner, the other half of the equation is you have to also look inward and ask yourself why it's bothering you. Mm-hmm. If you're just pointing fingers and telling people what you don't like about them, mm-hmm. now you're just putting a black light to people, right? And that's just a lot of, that's not going to go anywhere. But, you know, your partner knows you well. They know what you don't like and what you like. At the same time, you may be able to express it, but you have a responsibility to investigate why that bothers you. Yeah. And it's probably deeper than you think. Well, I know why it bothers me. So, so the singing thing, it's something that I do subconsciously. And then Whitney started doing it, I think, copying me. And like what bothers right. me about it is there's a certain insecurity to Whitney where I worry that sometimes she's behaving in a manner that she thinks I will like. And she's doing it for me. Mm-hmm. When in actuality... There's a falseness to it. Yes. Right. And I... It's your thing. Not I don't... It, yeah. And I don't like myself. I like her. And I just want her 
to be her. Right, I don't want right. her to behave yeah. the way she thinks I want her to behave. I just want her to be her. Mm-hmm. And I don't want like someone who's just trying to be like me. I that I want Whitney. I don't want yeah. the, the Tim facsimile. And so when she does stuff like that, it, it reveals to me an insecurity in her that that bothers me because in order for me to feel safe and comfortable in our relationship, I need someone else who feels safe with themselves, you know, and like is an anchor <clears throat> and, and isn't is just behaving how, how they really are. I don't want her to act for me. What if me copying you is not out of insecurity? It's like I think it's funny. And then I subconsciously just started doing it. Yeah, I, I could have the diagnosis wrong. I'm just telling you that it's not it's not just like an annoying thing that you do that. It's right, a pet deeper. Peeve. It's deeper. It, uh-huh. it, when you do it, it triggers these feelings in uh-huh. my head that Whitney is just acting for me uh-huh. and she's not being herself. Uh-huh. What you're saying is actually a compliment. What yeah. you're saying is I, I want the true you. Yes. And by you doing that, you're it not really question it or you're you're you're, you're more doing something for me, I'd rather you not. I mean, it's kind of a compliment in a way. Why, why you, why that kind of, but I love that that's where you went with it. Like, so for example, if that is like, if we're saying going deeper, if that's how you brought it to her and that was the conversation you had, Hey, I noticed that you're doing this thing. You know, I'm wondering, like, do you think that it's about this? Like, there's something about maybe you feeling a little performative, like you're not being authentic. Like, how does that land with you? And that is the conversation. That feels very different than, you know, it really annoys the shit out of me when you sing and copy the way that I do. Like that feels very different. Right. Or like when you walk on, like walk this way or chew that way, like that feels very like nitpick, nitpick me as a person versus let me be vulnerable and say with you, here's what's coming up for me. And it makes me feel like you're not being authentic. Like, how does that land for you? And that feels like a conversation. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, this is a great place to insert kind of the the theme of this book but also i think with any relationship yeah it's ownership right it's expressing something but also owning and so what you did was yes this kind of bothers me or annoys me but But here's why why, and that's you owning Mm -hmm. and by you owning now we understand you better and where things are coming from Mm -hmm. real quick i filed two things while we're talking and i just want to get them out one Mm -hmm. is do you think anyone will know what a facsimile is Just like, it's like a, me saying something about an A track. I, like, I feel like the listeners up here are at least 35. You know, I, I was going to point out when you said growing up, if you couldn't execute referee and make people get together, parents, then it meant that you were crazy. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so I wonder because there's stuff happening underneath we're not aware of until we are. I wonder if, you know, you want to resolve the fight is tied to you feeling crazy if the fight isn't resolved. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder if that is fuel for you to resolve things. We'll also put words to things that maybe put, yeah. maybe might not need words. So you don't feel crazy, to. basically. Like even the stuff with her bugging you, like there might be some kind of thing around like, I got to put words to this because if I don't, like, can anybody else see this? Anybody? Like, I'm yeah, not crazy, yeah. right? Like, this is annoying. Yeah. yeah. But that could be a layer. It could yeah. be a part of this, you know, because we're complicated and there's all these layers to everything I we think do. What, what Vanessa was saying is like, I'm sure you could just let go. Like, like if someone's doing something, like put it in perspective and and let it go. But the fact that it it continually bothers me, maybe was implanted back where I feel the need to to bring stuff up, or else you feel like you're not being honest with me, or you're mean something. Yeah, Yeah. you were talking before about how about about our parents' conditional love, and and it it was it just brought up something for me because actually my parents both loved me unconditionally and it wasn't based on on anything i did and and Mm -hmm. so and i don't i'm not 
I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. And I don't even know if it's true, but there, I'm okay with with being criticized in a way, mm-hmm. like because I knew that they both love me individually. Mm-hmm. They they didn't pressure me to like do well in school or or be the best at sports. They really love me, and like I could be as mediocre as as I wanted. For example, Whitney hates the sound of chewing, and I know that that's something that like is really out of her control. And I was eating corn nuts the other day, as quiet as I could, like like away, like <laughs> in the bathroom. I, but I was honestly, to my cra- I mean, you I, were trying I, hard in my I, in my head. I was like, like "You're don't say anything, don't say anything." Like you, this is your. He's going to be done soon, and and it's not worth it, right? This is your problem. It's not worth it. And then he kept going and going and going. We were watching the show, and I was like, I can't physically handle it anymore also gonna have to walk out of the room and so i finally i said i was like can you uh, what did i say you were like like, timmy i can't with the corn nuts like you you have to stop Mm. and and like even though i was annoyed in the moment because she she bought the corn nuts she brought them into the home i was like i i get it and it's and i and i don't take it as an indictment of my character it's just like her thing and I knew she yeah. tried. I, I had been doing it for a while and it really didn't bother me. And I, I think what would be helpful, though, is now dealing with your mom. When his dad was alive, he would get more anxiety about family trips because it meant that it was in his face. Like his parents, he, it was real, you know, like he's moved out to L.A. He hasn't lived under, in their house for a while. So the family trips really would stress him out. And they would usually all like it feels like end up end in a fight with his parents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now his dad has since passed like this last trip we went in and within five minutes, his, his mom did something that triggered him and it kind of affected the like the rest of the trip. And everybody can feel when Timmy's not in a good mood. The fun is all, very much dependent on Timmy's mood, which I know can be a big responsibility for him. But it's like, how do we go into these trips and enjoy the time with her when there's like some resentment there about not only the past, but even how she is now. All right. And now a break to hear about my sponsor. Okay. So for a long time, I've used a humidifier for my skin, sleep, and overall wellness. It's also super helpful to keep in your kids' rooms. Recommended by leading dermatologists and pediatricians, the Little Dreams by Canopy Humidifier is a completely reimagined humidifier that effortlessly hydrates your skin while elevating your home and nursery to promote easier breathing and better sleep for your baby. It alleviates cough, nasal congestion, and other symptoms of cold, flu, and allergies. Canopy's unique features and design make it the easiest, cleanest humidifier out there. It's truly soft, healthy skin's best kept secret. It helps to prevent dry, itchy skin and relieve symptoms of eczema. Canopy's humidifiers have clean, no mist moisture that effortlessly hydrates your skin to combat dryness, dullness, fine lines, and wrinkles. Its hassle-free technology inhibits mold growth and the parts go right into the dishwasher. It's so easy. Plus, add subtle, soothing aromas to your baby's environment with the Little Dreams by Canopy Aroma Kit. Rise with sweet orange and refreshing eucalyptus, aiding in easy breathing. And at bedtime, Lull, a blend of warm vanilla and calming lavender, helps little ones drift off to sleep. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier. Purchase today with Canopy's filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code WITHWIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. So go to getcanopy.co 
code to save $25 on your canopy humidifier and get an additional 10% off when you use code WITHWIT at checkout. Hurry, your skin and your baby will thank you. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand, always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back to the conversation. Well, I kind of will always jokingly say I've got a three-day limit with my mom where, at you know, I use all my tools, all my tools, and I've got this, and I'm letting things go, and I'm not taking the bait and all these things. And at day three, I'm like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, get me out of here before all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do have to, again, it's going back to like really being hyper aware of what's happening for myself mm-hmm. because when I start to feel that slipping, I am responsible for taking care of me. Nobody else is right. So if that means I got to remove myself entirely and like Mm -hmm. go take an afternoon alone, even if that's in the middle of a week long trip, you know, if I have to go have a lunch with somebody like just to get myself out of the house, Mm -hmm. like whatever that is, if I've, if I have said going into this, I'm putting myself in the situation for one week, that's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And three days in, I'm to the point where I'm so activated that I'm actually going to be the one that sucks the air out of the entire room. That's, I got to do that. I got to take myself out of the equation and remove myself. Just like if you guys were fighting, you got to remove yourself and self-soothe and come back down to like, this is on me. I got to, yeah, it's not saying that she's not annoying. It's not saying that she's not doing these things that are making you insane, but it's just to say like, I'm an adult and I have to manage that myself. And if I can't, then I need to plan my trips differently right? because it's not fair to everybody else in the room that because for whatever reason, after day three, I can't manage it, that I'm now going to ruin this trip for everybody else. Okay. So from now on, we do long weekends and we do long weekends only. I don't care who gets upset by that. That's it. That's the rule, right? And you just got to, you have to be responsible for upholding that part of the rule. And so a little bit of this is just not a lot. Actually, it's mostly just personal accountability. Mm-hmm. Like, I know my limit and I have to respect my limit because nobody else knows that but me, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think, trust me, I know it very well. (laughs) I was going to say with family, it is up to us to determine the dose. What I mean by that is nothing will snap you back to the 15 year old climbing out of your bedroom window than parents or family. And it's up to you as an adult now, because you're the ones with the tools, probably not your family, uh, especially parents. So it's up to you to decide, okay, here's the boundary. I'm going to spend the weekend, not oh, more, or I'm going to design the trip where I have my space or whatever, whatever. You can't just go into it like you used to, because you're going to get activated. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you know, it's yeah. Gonna, yeah. And it's then like, you're going to blame your parents or blame your family. And it's like, you've got to design the day. Yeah. It's like, I think it was Ram Dass that always said, like, if you think you're enlightened, go home and spend a weekend with your family. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care who you are. You could be the Dolly frickin' Lama, go home, spend a weekend with your family, and then tell me on the other side of it if you're still enlightened, right? Like, we were, that's like the biggest way to be triggered the fastest is to be put into our family dynamics because you do, you snap back mm-hmm. to pre tools, pre evolution, right? One more question. So, Whitney and I work together a lot. And, and like during COVID, we were together a lot. And we had to sort of figure out the rules of, engagement so to speak that we Mm -hmm. didn't fight like 
how do you do that with John? And did you have the same kind of process and growing pains to figure out how to work together and be partners? I mean, yes, because we also obviously we work a lot together and we wrote this book together and we still work a lot together. I I will say, you know, we we have a three year old. So not only was COVID tough because we worked together, but we also had a newborn Mm -hmm. because she literally was born two weeks before we went into lockdown. So talk about all of us being on top of each other times 10. But I coming out of that on the other side, I I have actually had to really establish a lot of boundaries, even within the work that I do with John, meaning I am the kind of person who will do it and do it and do it and be annoyed and have a little bit of resentment and be irritated. And maybe this is too much togetherness and maybe this is bothering me, but I won't really say it in the moment until all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, that's too much. I need a break, right? And so that's been a bit of my journey is to really say, you know what, actually Fridays and Thursdays are mine, you know, whatever those I'm making it up, like Fridays are mine. I don't take calls on Fridays. You know, I go work at the beach. I do my own thing. I read a book, whatever. And that includes working with you, John, right? Like I don't do that with you on Fridays or like I've had to say to him, you know, I don't talk about work stuff before 9 a.m. I'm in mom mode. I'm putting her lunch together. I'm trying to get her out the door. That shit stresses me out. I don't want to be in that dynamic with you before nine. That's my boundary. And I need you to respect it, right? We're better for it. So there, and and I implement it slowly. It's like, oh, here's what I think might help. And I'll try it. And if it helps, great. And if it doesn't, okay, pivot, try something new. But I've had to really work at how can I establish boundaries where I can still really enjoy working with you because I do enjoy working with him without it getting to the point where like, this is too much, right? Because for any romantic relationship, I mean, the bottom line is fire needs air. So if you want things to stay fiery and passionate, you've got to have desire. And if you guys are together 24-7, whether you love each other or not, at some point, that desire does start to wane a little bit. I've seen it work perfectly, but you know, I feel like that's kind of rare. And so because you work together, just like him and I do, I think you have to almost strategically construct where that air is coming from. And then you've got to be really personally responsible for like, no, this is a boundary that I can't cross. It's good for both of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've sort of, we're learning, we stumbled upon that that too. Like Mm -hmm. after, you know, uh, years of just being like, well, you know, if we can do it together, let's just do it together. Like we should be together. If we love each other, like there should be no problems because you're my soulmate. I know it sounds like I'm blaming you because you believe in that and I don't, but no, it's just... I don't even, I don't even, <laughs> I've evolved. I used it's to. not less romantic though. It's even more romantic. You know, it, it makes like our commitment that even more special. I think I work with this so often with so many people, individuals, but also couples. I mean, and this is an entirely other podcast in and of itself yeah. that we as a society are wildly codependent. Mm-hmm. We are essentially taught that codependency is what love is. It's what it looks like, totally. sounds like, feels like, smells like, right? And so anything that doesn't fit that mold of we should be together all the time and love it no matter what, somehow there's something wrong with that. And societally, it's gotten us into a lot of issues and you know healthy love is interdependence and interdependence is you are a sovereign being i am a sovereign being mm-hmm. we complement each other but we don't we're not reliant on each other to breathe right, right? Mm-hmm. and that is so odd. like you complete me you're my other half you know my prince charming the the whole disney bullshit right like john and i talk about that in the book too it's like it's so damaging yeah. to 
really want to have a long-term relationship because at the end of the day, that initial two to three years, and this is biological, right? This has been proven through science. All those chemicals and hormones and shit last about two to three years. Then they fade. Not that they go away forever, but they do fade because we're animals and we're just here to procreate. Like that's what those chemicals are for. So what am I going to do then? Right? Like, how are we going to establish a relationship that lasts beyond the like, I want to be with you all of the effing time. Well, I, because at some point, we've got to give ourselves some breathing room. Yeah. And I think the answer to that is like, we both have to be dynamic, interesting people on our own that like when we come back together, we have new and exciting things to offer one another. Like Whitney and I both just yes. got into like reading a lot. Like we've just been spending our free time reading more. And now like we, when we're away from each other and we come back, like we'll talk about what we've been reading. And like the fact that Whitney is learning about something that I don't know about literally like not like totally independent of me makes me more attracted to you because mm -hmm. you have something yes. that I don't have to mm -hmm. offer now. And I think we're learning about that. how to to kind of manage that correctly. Thank you guys so yeah, much for, thank you. for doing this. You're both so yeah. awesome. Just real quick, where can everybody listening find you both? So if you're listening, so John is at The Angry Therapist across all platforms. And then I am on Instagram mostly, Vanessa S. Bennett. Our book is It's Not Me, It's You. I'm <laughs> definitely going to read the book. Thank you guys so much yeah. for, for taking the time. This has been so awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. Of course. Bye. We'll talk soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.